0: What is up, everybody, and welcome back to Football Fanatic. It's time for the Week Eleven Recap, and unfortunately, I will not have a guest today. Um, he was having issues with his phone, so we will—he will be joining me sometime next week, either for the preview or the recap, though. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, not for today. So I'll be going solo for this one. Um, but we're gonna start off with Thursday night right now. <laughs> The Steelers won this game in dominant fashion over the Tennessee Titans, 40-17. to Ben Roethlisberger threw four touchdowns, finally looking uh, to play a little bit more like he has in previous years and less like he has this year. Antonio Brown doubled his touchdown output on the season, going from three to six. He added three in this game, 10 receptions for 144 yards and three touchdowns. He looked absolutely unstoppable, finally returning to form. He's led the league in receiving yards this year, but... Hasn't really looked as dominant as he has in years past, but kind of came back to him on Thursday. Le'Veon Bell didn't get a ton going on the ground. He only had 12 carries. averaged 4 yards a carry, almost 46 yards, but also caught 9 passes for 57 yards, just as consistently involved in the offense, rushing or receiving. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, a little bit of a disappointing game for him. He was 4 for 47, but Antonio Brown isn't going to go off like this in every game, so... Uh, he'll get back involved. I'm sure of it. For the Titans, Mariota threw four interceptions, and I think it's time to be very concerned about him. And I know um, Seattle, or excuse me, Pittsburgh, the Steelers have a very good pass defense. But still, Mariota made some pretty bad decisions in this one, and he was a big part of the reason that they weren't able to start any sort of comeback in this game. Richard Matthews, though, receiver, five catches for 113 yards and a touchdown. Uh, two touchdowns through three games for him now, and he's consistently been the um, the best receiving option for this team. Corey Davis, only three for 27. I continue to think that he'll get more involved as time goes forward. He just makes plays when he's out there and makes some really nice catches. It just doesn't get enough volume at this point, but I still think he's going to uh, get an uptick in production as the season goes on. And Delaney Walker, consistent as ever, six for 92. The running backs were very disappointing, though. Derrick Henry had 7 for 32. DeMarco Murray had 8 for 10. So you really got next to no production from either one of them, and this is kind of what I have expected from them, Um, especially against the Steelers' defense. That's pretty good. And just because they're splitting work, it's so hard to just predict week to week if one is going to go off and if they are, which one it is. I just don't really trust either one of them. And if I can avoid putting them in my lineup, I would. Um, but a good win for the Steelers, and good to see them getting back on track. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeat the Miami Dolphins 30-20. We'll start with the Dolphins. Jay Cutler, for all of you who were saying that he was a good streaming option, I laugh in your face. I've been saying this all year, Jay Cutler sucks. And even though people know that, somehow they still tricked themselves into believing that Cutler was a viable fantasy option, and he was not. He threw three interceptions, 83 yards, I uh, did throw one touchdown, but then he, got, he went down with an injury, and Matt Moore filled in for him. So Cutler played for one half, and he threw three interceptions. That's how bad he was. Um, one interesting thing, though, Matt Moore has thrown three touchdowns in fill-in duty for Cutler over the past few weeks. All three of his touchdowns have gone to Kenny Stills. So I think that's very interesting, and you're going to want to keep an eye on the situation, uh, the quarterback situation for the Dolphins, because if Cutler's playing, Devontae Parker is the guy you want. And if Matt Moore is playing, Kenny Stills is the guy you want. Kenny Stills had 7 for 180 yards and a touchdown in this game. And I think Jarvis Landry is valid, um, whichever quarterback is in there. He was 6 for 95 and a touchdown in this one. So, yeah, Parker, disappointing day. He just doesn't really get any volume from Moore. So, um, again, whatever quarterback is starting will decide which uh, receiver you want. On the ground, though, Kenyon Drake had 7 attempts for 4 yards. He just wasn't really involved at all. Damien Williams didn't really get much going either. He had one run of 69 yards, which that's great, but then the rest of his nine carries went for nine yards, so averaging one, one yard per carry outside of that one long run. The Dolphins are a mess, and I've said this. uh, I said it on my AFC Playoff picture article last week. The Dolphins suck, and I ruled them out. Like All I said, Jay Cutler's their quarterback. That's all you need to know. I mean, there's, there's so many. I have a bunch of other stats in that, uh, so if you want to go back and listen to that, if you haven't already, feel free. But the Dolphins just aren't a good team, and their record is better than it should be. And for the Bucks, Ryan Fitzpatrick is on a two-game win streak now, believe it or not. He threw two touchdowns in this game, no interceptions. One of the touchdowns goes to Deshaun Jackson, who was two for 28. So aside from the touchdown, didn't really do much. And then the other one goes to O.J. Howard, who seems to be continually eating more and more into the role of Cameron Brait, who only had one catch in this game. So O.J. Howard, 3 for 52 and a touchdown. Honestly, I don't really want either Buccaneers' tight end. I'm not saying this is take O.J. Howard and drop Cameron Brait. I'm saying I don't really want either one of them because week to week, I think it's going to bounce back and forth who's the one getting the production. On the ground, neither one of them did anything, and aside from the one game against the Patriots with uh, his first game back, Doug Martin is not produced at all. I don't want to play him either. The only guy I'm comfortable starting on the Buccaneers team is Mike Evans. He was 5-for-92. Um, he's the only guy that I trust, honestly. There's not really much else there for this team. They have been struggling, and they did win this game, so they're also 4-6, and six, but I don't think they're very good, and I think they're... Record will continue to get worse as the season goes on. So it's just Mike Evans for the Bucks. The Detroit Lions squeak out a win over their division rivals, the Bears, twenty-seven to twenty-four. This one was won on a fifty-two-yard field goal by Matt Prater late in the game. Matt Stafford looked pretty good. Two touchdowns, each go to one goes to Marvin Jones and one goes to Amir Abdullah, who's not usually the pass-catching back. Um, but I, this is part of the reason I don't trust either running back for the Lions, Riddick and Abdullah. Neither one of them got more than uh, 50 yards in this game. Abdullah catches a touchdown, which is very uncharacteristic. Usually Riddick catches the passes, and Riddick leads the team in rushing yards. So like, they're both just kind of doing whatever. And e- Even if it was just one of them, I'm not super excited about it because the focus of this team is passing with Matt Stafford. So not too excited about either one of those guys. Golden Tate didn't get a lot of volume in this game, but I think he will bounce back. So Jones finally got involved, or not finally, but he got involved again after a week outing last week, four for 85 and a touchdown. So Tate and Marvin Jones are the guys that I want for the Lions outside of, obviously, Matthew Stafford. Mitch Trubisky, one touchdown, goes to Adam Shaheen, the tight end. And I think he's actually a guy worth looking into because Zach Miller was a pretty viable fantasy option when Trubisky was throwing his way before Zach Miller got hurt. Now, Shaheen is the guy who's replacing Miller, and I think it uh, looks like Drabisky just likes a third of the tight end, so that might be something worth looking into. Dontrell Lemon might be of value going down the stretch. Isn't really much value right now, though, so maybe he's worth a stash, but I wouldn't be starting him at this point. Tariq Cohen gets involved again, nine carries, 44 yards and a touchdown. I think this is more just um, part of game flow. So I don't really think he's going to be a great fantasy option going forward. Because Jordan Howard's still there. 15 carries, 125 yards, and a touchdown for him. He continues to get lots, and vo- lots of volume and lots of production for the Bears. That's really how they're moving the ball is through Jordan Howard. So he's the guy I'm most excited about. And that might be it outside of potentially Adam Shaheen, a tight end. The Jacksonville Jaguars defense was actually the MVP of my fantasy team this week. They scored 25 fantasy points, including a fumble return for a touchdown late in the game. So they, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars again defeat the Browns. So the Browns are 0-10. Jaguars win 19-7. to Blake Bortles throws one touchdown pass to Mercedes Lewis. There's just a whole bunch of random tight ends catching touchdowns this week. Um, so I don't really know what to say about that. I don't think Lewis really has that much of a role in this offense. Marquise Lee was 5 for 45, and he was the only one with more than three catches. So the focus of this team is still Leonard Fournette. He had 28 carries for 111 yards. Um, he played very, very well. He actually left this game partway through with an injury, but came back in pretty quickly. It wasn't a big deal. So uh, this team as a whole, though, had 43 rushes throughout the game, or excuse me, 44 rushes. So that's still the focus of their team. They grind it out, um, and that's how they win their games. And the Browns continue to struggle. Deshaun Kaiser threw two interceptions and fumbled three times, lost two of them, So he continues to turn the ball over, but the Browns have said that they are committing to him as their starter for the remainder of the season. Um, Duke Johnson, four catches, 56 yards, a touchdown. Honestly, I think he's really the only guy you can consider starting for the Browns, except for potentially a guy who just came back from injured reserve. Corey Coleman, the wide receiver, broke his hand uh, earlier in the season. He came back, and in this game, he got six catches for 80 yards. Um, Not a score, but... Outside of David Johnson, the running back, nobody else caught more than two passes, and that was Kenny Britt, who had five total yards on those. So Corey Coleman is looking like he could be a guy of value. I think he's worth picking up if he is on the waiver while you're in your league. But outside of that, there's not really much value for the Browns. Isaiah Crowell had another bad week, 11 for 18. Um, And, again, the Jacksonville Jaguars defense is good. I say that a lot. Um, so I wouldn't have expected a lot from Crowell, but... um, yeah, just not too, too excited about him at all. David Johnson, or Duke Johnson, is a guy that I want, especially in PPR. And Corey Coleman is definitely worth looking into. The Baltimore Ravens shut out my Packers 23-0, to and this was just a tough game to watch because in a game where our defense finally was actually doing something, they actually played very well in this game. The offense did literally nothing. They They offered no help whatsoever. Uh, Jamal Williams on the ground led the team with 57 yards rushing. Brett Hundley threw for 239 yards. I mean, they kind of got some yardage. They were actually looking pretty good at the beginning of the game, two or three drives, that they were actually moving the ball, and each of those first three drives they turned it over. Interception, interception, fumble. Um, and the first interception actually came in the end zone. So they killed themselves early and were never really able to bounce back. So I do think... Um, I think Brett Hundley just got flustered kind of early on, and for a young quarterback, that doesn't help at all. But I'm definitely concerned. And the only guy that's really valuable in fantasy right now is Devontae Adams. He continues to carve out a role for himself. Eight catches, 126 yards. He's established himself as the number one receiver on this Packers offense, ahead of Jordy Nelson, and it's not close, at least with Hundley at the helm. Uh, For the Ravens, Joe Flacco... Uh, I mean, they didn't really have to do that much on offense. And, again, I said the Packers' defense played pretty well. Um, So Flacco wasn't able to do too much. He threw for only 183 yards. Did get a touchdown, though, which went to Mike Wallace, four for 56. And that touchdown, I'm not too excited about his outlook either, though. Um, The Ravens don't really throw the ball that much, and they haven't had that much success. I think this is a fluke. And for Collins, Alex Collins, the running back, 20 carries, 49 yards. One touchdown, so he does get into the end zone on a goal line carry, but didn't really get a lot of production outside of that either. I think the biggest takeaway for me is Danny Woodhead got back in this game. wasn't involved too much, but I think going forward he's going to take away more and more snaps from Buck Allen as he continues to get healthy. So Woodhead is a guy that I want. Alex Collins probably. I think the Packers have a decent run defense, so that probably affected him. So I think it's Collins and Woodhead for this team going forward. The Houston Texans took down the Arizona Cardinals. 31 to 21. Uh, Blaine Gabbard comes in here and throws three touchdowns, though. Didn't actually look that bad. He did throw two interceptions and did have a fumble, but I mean, for a third string quarterback, um, it's not, you can't really ask too much more than that. This is another one where they, like I mentioned, just the weird random touchdowns. Two tight ends, Ricky Seals Jones, who I've never even heard of before. Three catches, 54 yards, two touchdowns. The other touchdown go- goes to the man, Larry Fitzgerald. 991 and on a touchdown. So I think even no matter who the quarterback is for the Cardinals, Fitzgerald is going to continue to produce. He's proved that. He's just so good. <laughs> There's not really too much else to say about that. Peterson, though, Adrian Peterson, is a little concerning to me. He only had 26 yards on 14 carries, so averaged less than 2 yards a carry and didn't get as much volume as he has in previous games either. So that's something that I'm worried about. Uh, I think he's still an RB two, but definitely I, I'm a little concerned going forward. And if I can avoid starting him, then I would. Um, Tom Savage two touchdowns, did throw a pick, but wasn't as bad as I expected from him from this game. He did. DeAndre Hopkins caught a touchdown. He was not matched up against Patrick Peterson on the play, so uh, Peterson, di- Patrick Peterson did actually do a very good job covering Hopkins. Most of Hopkins' production in his 4-for-76 and a touchdown came against uh, when he was matched up against other defensive backs. Bruce Ellington is another interesting guy. He was was 6-for-63 in this one after Will Fuller missed another game. So it looks like Ellington is the number 2 while Will Fuller is out. Lamar Miller, 22-for-61, And this was actually, that's not a particularly inspiring line, but then he also had four for 22 and a receiving touchdown. And on top of that, Dante Foreman, the guy who's been kind of eating into his workload, 10 carries, 65 yards, two touchdowns. So he looked very good, probably would have cut to Miller's workload even more, but he ruptured his Achilles on that second touchdown. He's going to be out for the year, which means even more work for Lamar Miller. So obviously um, terrible news for Foreman, and I wish him the best in healing quickly. But if you're a Miller owner, that's good news because he will have much more volume going forward. So he's a guy you want. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins, who's probably been uh, one of the top receivers in the league, I think top three, um, possibly Bruce Ellington. But that's, uh, that's about it for the Texans. The Los Angeles Rams finally met their match this week against the Minnesota Vikings, who advanced to 8-2 after their 24-7 to seven win over the Rams. Case Keenum, again, looked pretty good. He's playing well enough that they're going to continue to roll him out there as opposed to Teddy Bridgewater, who is back healthy. He was 280 yards and a touchdown, actually had some pretty good uh, dodges in the in the pocket as well, broke some tackles, uh, made some nice moves. So he looked very impressive. The touchdown went to Adam Thielen, who uh, just has been absolutely incredible this year. Six for 123 and a touchdown. I think he's second to only Antonio Brown in yardage. Should be closing in. Uh, if it weren't for the three touchdown game from Brown, he would be closing in on touchdowns as well. Thielen has just been fantastic. Kyle Rudolph, 5 for 58. Stefan Diggs, 4 for 32. Um, not really too much there to get excited about, but I think uh, things will get better for especially Stefan Diggs going forward. Latavius Murray, 15 for 95 yards and two touchdowns. Jarek McKinnon outsnapped and uh, outcarried. Latavius Murray, he had more touches, but Murray just did more with what he had. He had 15 carries, 95 yards, and gets in the end zone twice. One of them was a goal line carry, like on the two-yard line, and then the other one was an eight-yard scamper. So they were both pretty close. He's clearly getting the goal line work, which is giving him a lot more upside. And unfortunately for Jerick McKinnon owners, who it looked like he was going to be the guy to own for them uh, to start off. He's kind of fallen by the wayside, and Murray is taking the lead back role. For the Rams, there's not really too much of note, except that Robert Woods, who's 8 for 81 and just has looked so good this year, uh, he is out for at least a few weeks after getting injured in this game. So. If you have him, that's very unfortunate because he's been producing very, very well. I think the biggest uptake will go to Cooper Cup. He was 6-for-64 in this one. Actually had a pretty bad drop on a third down as well, so his day could have been even better, and he lost a fumble. So this game didn't really look too good for him, but I think uh, better days are coming for him. Todd Gurley scores a touchdown even in a day where he only averages 2.5 yards a carry, uh, 37 yards in this one, along with three catches for 19. So Todd Gurley... He will continue to produce even in bad matchups. And that is definitely a good thing for his production. The New Orleans Saints win a thriller against the Washington Redskins. They win 34-31 to after kicking a field goal in overtime. They were losing 31-16 to with less than six minutes left to go in the game. But Drew Brees orchestrated a fantastic comeback, and the Saints end up winning this one. Drew Brees threw two touchdowns. Finally, he is actually throwing touchdowns again. Uh, after not throwing any last week, despite the offense scoring more than 40 points. So it's good to see him throwing the ball a little bit. One of his touchdowns goes to, surprise, Alvin Kamara, the running back. Six for 74 and a touchdown for him. The other one goes to Josh Hill, a tight end. That was his only catch on the game. So not really much of note there. Michael Thomas, six for 91. Uh, Kobe Fleener actually got 91 yards as well. He was five for 91. Uh, surprisingly well, um, Surprisingly involved in this game. I don't really expect that to continue. Ted Ginn, 6 for 87. Uh, I think if they're not in comeback mode, ten-gid will probably get a little less volume as well. But uh, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram both continue to produce. Kamara had 6 for 74 receiving, as I mentioned, 8 for 42 on the ground. Mark Ingram, 11 for 134 and a touchdown on the ground with 3 for 21 receiving. They continue to be clearly the top running back duo in the league and both of them are contending for, like, the number one spot. It's ridiculous how good these Saints running backs are. And Kirk Cousins against the Saints, who presumably have a pretty good pass defense, those for three touchdowns and no interceptions. The touchdowns go to Ryan Grant, uh, Chris Thompson, who unfortunately was injured in this game, and Jeremy Sprinkle, another random tight end scoring a touchdown. Uh, for Chris Thompson, though, unfortunately he was... Uh, He carted off the field with an air cast on. He has broken his fibula, and he will be out for the remainder of the year. So very bad news. Chris Thompson is having a great year, and that's going to hurt this team significantly. Vernon Davis was 3-for-67. Jordan Reed missed this game again. So Vernon Davis continued to get the work. Terrell Pryor was officially put on injured reserve, so he won't be producing for this team anymore. No more dilemma for you guys. Uh, deciding if you should keep him on your roster or drop him. Josh Doxon, four for eighty-one. I think his role is going to increase with <coughs> Chris Thompson gone and Terrell Pryor officially gone as well. Uh, and for the, on the ground, Chris Thompson is gone and Robert Kelly struggling with injuries. So Samaje P. Ryan was the lead back for this team, twenty-three for one hundred seventeen yards and a touchdown. Um, he's definitely worth looking into. I think he's a matchup-dependent start. At least for now, I want to see him produce in more than one game because none of the other running backs have really had big rushing games for the Redskins yet this year. So I want to see him produce in more than one game, but he's definitely a guy who could be valuable down the stretch. The New York Giants get their second win of the season over the Kansas City Chiefs, who we were previously talking about if they were even going to be defeated at all this year with how good they were looking. And, like, what the freak, Chiefs? Like... Alex Smith only had one touch or one interception on the year coming into this game. He throws two in this game, uh, doesn't throw any touchdowns. Travis Kelsey throws a pass and he throws an interception. Like they just kept turning the ball over. It's ridiculous. Um, DeAnthony Thomas, wide receiver, also fumbled. Like they're just turning the ball over. They were careless with the football and they lost this game. Like they played terribly, lost to a bad Giants team. That uh, granted, they did play very very well. Um, interesting for this team, both of them had a, they had, tra- the Chiefs had Kelsey throw pass, Giants had Shane Vereen throw pass, so two random guys throw one pass, both of them get intercepted, so just random, <laughs> interesting thing there. Kareem Hunt, 18 for 73, so they did actually give him some volume in this one, but most of it didn't come until late in the game, he only had four carries in the entire first half. And this is a this is still, I think, one of the biggest issues with the team and why they're struggling. They need to commit to Kareem Hunt throughout the game and not just give him carries at the end when they realize, oh, no, we didn't give him very many carries in this game. Um, receiving Travis Kelsey, as expected, had a big game. Didn't get in the end zone, so Giants finally end their streak of giving up tight end receiving touchdowns. But he does go 8 for 109. It's a good game from him. Tyree Kills, 7 for 68. Um, but pretty much just a disappointing game all around for the Chiefs. I think better days are ahead, but it's very concerning to see them lose to this team and drop to six and four. They've lost four of their last five games after a five and zero start. For the Giants, um, Evan Ingram finally has a bad game—one catch for nine yards, no touchdowns. Roger Lewis was the hero of this game, three for fifty-five, and made a fantastic catch at the end of the game. If you haven't seen that, you should go and look that up. Probably the catch of the year to this point. Uh, And it put them in field goal position to win the game. So that's a very good play by him. Um, But other than that, I mean, there's not really much for the Giants receivers. We know that. Sterling Shepard missed this game with an illness. So they had a bunch of no-names out there. I don't really expect any of them to be producing going forward. Orleans Darkwood, though, on the ground. 20 carries, 74 yards, and a touchdown. So... He produced for you. I think uh, most people would have started him at this point, and I think you have to continue to start him going forward. He keeps putting up numbers, even though the team as a whole is struggling. So, honestly, though, Darquois and Evan Ingram are the only guys that I want to start, at least until Sterling Shepard comes back. The Los Angeles Chargers completely obliterate the Buffalo Bills, 54-24, to and honestly, this game wasn't even as close as it looked. Uh, the, the Bills, had two late touchdowns that made this game a little bit closer. But Chargers completely dominated this game. And that's in large part just something you guys probably have all heard about by now. Nathan Peterman, five interceptions in one half. Unbelievably bad day for him. He had six completions and five interceptions. So he had completed almost as many passes to the other team as he did to his own. I do not understand why they thought he was a better option than Tyrod Taylor. So Tyrod Taylor does come back into the game for the second half. Those for 158 yards, a touchdown, rushes for a touchdown along with 38 yards. So apparently somehow the coaching staff is still considering Nathan Peterman for next week. But I, I, that can't happen, right? There's no way with how terrible he was playing. I think Tyra Taylor has to be the guy. Um, but definitely it's something I want to watch for. But I'm keeping Tyra Taylor on my roster if I have him because he... Is going if he as long as he's in the matchups aren't that bad for the Bills going forward. And I think he has a he has a chance to be a top ten quarterback as long as the Bills actually play him. LaShawn McCoy thirteen for one four, or thirteen carries one hundred fourteen yards and a touchdown. So he averaged almost ten yards a carry. He was fantastic in this game. Also had a twelve yard catch for a touchdown late in the game. Um, so he was very involved and good to see that He's struggled over the past few weeks. Zay Jones coming back off his injury four for sixty eight. Not really much else of note for the receivers though. Charles Clay, three for twenty-seven, dropped a touchdown. Um, wasn't really he was involved in the end zone, but wasn't able to come down with any of them, so I think better days are coming for him. Um LaShawn McCoy really is the only guy I want in this offense, especially if Tyrod Taylor doesn't start. For the Chargers, Phillip Rivers actually had a pretty decent game. Two fifty-one uh, for yardage and two touchdowns. And those touchdowns both go to Keenan Allen, who is an absolute monster in this game. 12 catches, 159 yards, two touchdowns. He was so involved that nobody else really did anything. Honestly, Mike Williams, the rookie receiver, had five catches for 38 yards. Nobody else had more than two, and that includes Hunter Henry. So just a bad game all around for the other uh, Chargers receivers. But good, good news for Keenan Allen owners because he's been struggling this year so far. Melvin Gordon, 20 carries for 80 yards and a touchdown. Austin Eckler involved in this game again. He had two catches along with six rushes for 40 yards and a touchdown. So it looks like he might be kind of working himself into this offense and establishing a role for himself. So that's not great news for Melvin Gordon, but I think he will still get enough production to be worth starting. But I think if you own Melvin Gordon, you probably have to own Eckler as a handcuff as well. After a 2-0 and start, the Broncos have lost seven of their last eight after dropping this contest to the Cincinnati Bengals. They lost 20-17. Brock Osweiler had one touchdown, one interception, so not a terrible day from him, um, at least for his standards. The touchdown went to Demaryius Thomas, who has now scored in three straight games after not scoring at all in the first seven. So good to see Brock Osweiler is looking his way. Um, he's getting involved after a pretty pretty rough start to the season. For the running backs... I say this every week, none of them are valid. Uh, Booker had 14 for 44, and C.J. Anderson was 13 for 37. He did get a touchdown, but you can't really count on that, and it's such an even split here that there's no way that you can consider starting them most weeks. Um, For the Bengals, Andy Dalton threw three touchdowns in this one, so I think um, this is kind of going to show the fact that the Broncos just aren't the defense that we used to see them as. They had uh, zero interceptions in this game and allowed three touchdowns. One went to A.J. Green, one went to Tyler Croft, the tight end, who continues to be a valid tight end streamer. One went to Alex Erickson. Uh, But A.J. Green gets in the end zone, as I mentioned, so 50 yards and a touchdown for him, pretty good day. Joe Mixon struggled 20 for 49 yards, no touchdowns. Um, So that's unfortunate for him, and I think um, it is a little bit concerning because he had at least one goal line opportunity and wasn't able to convert. The Broncos, again, do have a pretty good run defense, though, so I think Matt Mixon is still a uh, matchup-dependent running back, too. Um, but, yeah, I think A.J. Green and Tyler Croft are probably the only Bengals players I'm interested in for the most part. The New England Patriots destroyed the Oakland Raiders in Mexico City 33-8, to eight, and Tom Brady continued to look fantastic. Only through th- or seven incompletions through the entire game, 339 yards, three touchdowns which go to Brandon Cooks, Danny Amendola, and Dion Lewis. Caught a pass. So Dion Lewis, Rex Burkhead, James White all continue to be involved in the offense. Uh, wasn't a great day for James White, though. He had 13 yards uh, on five rushes. Didn't get involved in the passing game at all, surprisingly. Now, this was just kind of a weird game for the Pats as they went up early uh, and kind of I don't know, even, even though they were up big, they continued to throw the ball, so that's partly why it was a great day for Brady, but all the running backs didn't really get as much volume. Deion Lewis had 88 total yards and a touchdown, so he did pretty well, but Burkhead and White both had pretty disappointing days. I expect better from them uh, in future weeks, though. Gronkowski had a pretty disappointing day, 3 for 36, no touchdowns. Uh, but Brandon Cooks finally gets some production, 6 for 149 yards and a touchdown. Tom Brady was targeting him deep throughout the game, converted on two, and there was at least one, uh, maybe two others, if I can remember, that uh, didn't convert. So Brady was looking his way, and uh, that's partly just because the Raiders' defense can't cover the deep ball. So I think um, this isn't something you should expect every week, but it is encouraging to see that um, if the matchup is right, that Tom Brady will be throwing those deep balls. He hasn't really been doing that a whole lot this year. The Raiders struggled, and that's pretty frustrating to see Derek Carr. Only one touchdown, also threw an interception. Granted, though, the interception was not his fault. It bounced right off Seth Roberts' chest, and I watched this game, and I was very, very disappointed in how the Raiders receivers played. Derek Carr is not getting any help. Um, There were many, many... I I didn't count. I lost track, like with how many terrible drops there were. Seth Roberts dropped two or three... um, Coopers dropped some. Crabtree dropped some. Like, it was ridiculous how many drops there were for this team. Derek Carr has can't do everything by himself, especially if everything he does right still gets dropped. Like, it was ridiculous how bad this was. No receiver for them goes over 51 yards. Uh, Marshawn Lynch averages 66 or uh, 6 yards a carry. He has 11 carries for 67 yards in this one. Um, but other than that, there's, there's just nothing for this team. Like, I don't know. I think it's partly matchup. Um. And the Patriots' defense has actually been very good, aside from the first four weeks of this season. So that's something to take into consideration. But the receivers for the Raiders are just playing horribly. And until that changes, I don't know. If, I mean, if you have Crabtree and Cooper, you probably still have to roll them out there. And Cooper does get into the end zone for you, but only has three catches for 28 yards outside of that. So it's hard to trust pretty much anyone on this offense. Um, going forward. I think they're going to have to put up points in some of their matchups because they have a tough schedule going forward, Um, so maybe they'll get some garbage time work, but it's very hard to trust really any of them at this point. The Philadelphia Eagles established their dominance once again, and in a long-awaited matchup against the Cowboys, they dominate. They win 37-9, and Dak Prescott looked very, very (laughs) bad in this game. He threw three interceptions, no touchdowns, lost a fumble, um, it got so bad. Like if he just threw, if he just snapped the ball and threw the ball into the ground, he would have had a bad on every throw. If he just threw an incomplete pass on every throw, he would have had a better passer rating than he did in this game. That's how bad he was. And again, it's partly ty- because Tyron Smith did not play in this game, so he's being pressured all day long. That's the way it's been a lot this year. But but just was pretty careless with the ball. So threw some interceptions. Um, because of that, there wasn't really much for the team. Des Bryant had eight for 63, and that's about as good as it gets. There was nothing of value from re- basically any Cowboys player in this game. Alfred Morris had 17 carries for 91 yards, and he again um, got m- the majority of the work at running back. Rod Smith had eight carries but only got 11 yards out of them. And Darren McFadden had another healthy scratch. So it looks like Morris uh, has established himself as the lead back for this team, and he's done pretty well with it. So... Um, he's a guy you can probably trust going forward. Not super high upside, but it looks like he's at least got the starting role pretty well in hand. For the Eagles, Carson Wentz looked like an MVP again, threw for two touchdowns. Didn't really have to do that much, though. He only threw 168 yards um, because the ground game continues to be very, very good. They had 33 rushes in this game. Jay Ajay 7 for 91. LeGarrette Blunt 13 for 57. Corey Clement, 6 for 50, and scores a touchdown yet again. Um, yeah, there's, they have a great thing going with the running game there. Um, so that's very good. Alshon Jeffrey continues to produce. Um, he's had about two or three straight games with a lot of production after a pretty slow start to the season. He's four for 67 and a touchdown in this one. Torrey Smith also caught a touchdown, three for 28 and a touchdown for him. Uh, I don't really think the touchdowns are going to stay, though. Carson Wentz spreads the ball around pretty well, and I think Alshon Jeffrey is really the only target. Uh, I trust for them, outside of Zach Ertz, who actually had a pretty bad game in this one, two catches for eight yards. Um, but from what I can tell, he just wasn't involved in the game plan. I think they were probably just trying to get him acclimated after the injury, uh, maybe use him to draw some attention from the Cowboys away from other places. So I think better days coming for Zach Kurtz. I know that's not really saying much because it's two catches for eight yards. But... Um, also on Jeffrey and Zach Ertz, I trust. Jay Ajayi is actually a little hard to trust. He had 91 yards, as I mentioned, but he only had seven carries. Um, so he is splitting work, but Garrett Blunt had 13. I think that's partly just as Jay Ajayi gets acclimated with the, the new offensive playbook and stuff. But still, with the way Blunt and Corey Clement are playing, it's hard to trust the volume for Jay Ajayi. And finally, we advance to our Monday night football game. The Atlanta Falcons win this one 34 to 31. After a very good comeback attempt by Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, they scored so they scored a touchdown late in the game. Doug Baldwin, um, to that pulled them in within range, but Blair Walsh missed some field goals and um, a bad day from him, and that didn't help them at all. Uh, missed one late in the game, so Seahawks lose this one. Russell Wilson, uh, I kind of talk about this in the NFC playoff picture. I am writing right now the article for FFD 260. I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, But Russell Wilson, two touchdowns, did throw an interception, but his touchdowns, one goes to Jimmy Graham, who now has seven on the year, continually is involved in the red zone, and also uh, elsewhere, he had seven catches, and that was more than any other player on this team. Paul Richardson was next, five for 56. Doug Baldwin, he caught that touchdown, as I mentioned, but other than that, only had one catch for 11 yards, so not really too much from him. Um... But I think better days are coming for him as well. So Doug Baldwin, Paul Richardson, I think is interesting uh, punt play. And then Jimmy Graham, uh, outside of Russell Wilson, of course. For the Falcons, I did expect them to have a good game, and I also expected them to win. If you listen to my recap, or excuse me, preview for Monday Night Football, the Seattle defense just isn't what it used to be with all of their injuries. So Matt Ryan throws th- two touchdowns go to Mohamed Sanu and Levine Toilolo, the tight end, another random tight end scoring a touchdown. So Sanu, he just gets targets in the red zone. I don't know why it is, but Julio Jones just doesn't seem to score them. He, I, he's very high up in end zone targets uh, in the league, but he only has one touchdown. And just It's very confusing to me why they don't go to him Or He's 5 for 71 in this game, though. so it's still not a terrible game. Tevin Coleman, 20 attempts, 43 yards, one touchdown. So that's, that's something I talked about is Tevin Coleman, um, I think, would get volume, but he would ha- have a little bit of trouble because the Seattle front seven is still very good. Um, and I was right, but he did get into the end zone. So if you started him, it ended up working out for you. Um, but, yeah, the Falcons win this game, advance to 6-4. and four. They are now tied with Seattle for the number six spot in the wild card race right now.